I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. It is trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. The price is wrong, bitch. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Welcome to a special episode of Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this is going to be the launch of our uh, franchise series review of the Terminator series. And we're 
doing this in order of release. So we're going to go through Terminator, and then we'll go through uh, and do an episode on Terminator 2, Terminator 3, Salvation, Genesis, and then uh, eventually Dark Fate. And then we will be doing a wrap-up episode to kind of give an overall uh, thoughts and opinions on the franchise as a whole and where uh, we would like to maybe see the franchise going on uh, in the future. So, uh, Pat, I know uh, I kind of volunteered you uh, into this mess, so how do you feel about that? Uh, can we stop at two? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I think three gets a lot of un- unwanted hate. Actually, three and salvation, um, I can still still enjoy, and we'll 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 get into that uh, when uh, we get to those particular ones. Uh, and as you know, I still haven't seen uh, Genesis yet, but it is um, part of of the watch list. I, I've already rewatched, of course, one and two. So I will have uh, three in salvation to get to here. And probably uh, I have a little bit of vacation time during the week of Thanksgiving. I'll get uh, Genesis watched as well. And we'll see my thoughts on that one when we get there. But uh, just kind of get, uh, uh, kind of a brief uh, thoughts of the franchise as a whole right now as um, kind of before and while we're watching these. I've always loved the Terminator franchise. Um, personally, I actually didn't even know, even though of course T2 is, you know, T2, I never really knew about the first Terminator movie. Uh, I think like Terminator two judgment day was just the one that I got the most exposure to as a kid, uh, would be on sci-fi all the time. And I never quite knew about the first movie until later on in life. And then, uh, got, you know, of course rented it from blockbuster and, and got finally caught up and, uh, and then kind of, then my first one I got to see in theaters was T3. And, and then I didn't get out and see salvation. I didn't get out and see Genesis in theaters, but dark fate, uh, I did get out and see and, and kind of spurred that, that love for it as well again. And also having the DLC character on, on mortal Kombat. uh, certainly made me want to kind of dive back into the franchise, but what's your, uh, what's your exposure to the, to the Terminator franchise been like. So the first one I ever watched was Terminator two. Um, I actually, my, my parents have a copy of it on laser disc at their house. (laughs) So it's, it was one of those movies that like, it it just was mind blowing as a kid watching. Cause like you didn't, it was one of those that you started off watching really young and it was an introduction into kind of like time travel and killer robots and all all the fun things that you can shut your mind off to as an adult. Well, absolutely. And I think, um, part of the reason why it was so, um, prevalent, I think in our childhoods was the, the, the special effects for that movie. And, um, kind of what it pioneered for future filmmaking. You know, you can make fun of James Cameron all you want, um, but the man does have some talent when it comes to to his films. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely be uh, probably really geeking out when we get into uh, the, the Terminator 2 episode. But right now we're going to focus primarily on the first ter- Terminator movie. And if you aren't Uh, familiar with this movie and we we will be talking you know spoilers but hey the movie's been out for like 
35 years, something like that. Um, so if you haven't seen it uh, by now, you, you're you're really lacking. Um, but the premise for it is an indestruct or an indestructible cyborg killing machine is sent from 2029 to 1984 to execute a young waitress whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation and a war against sentient machines. A human soldier from the same war is sent to protect her at all costs. And uh, that's probably the best way to describe it. I, I think that one of the best ways that this movie uh, opens up, I, I, all of them open up fairly the same way with that kind of image from or scene from the future. We get it with Terminator 1, we get it with Terminator 2 and uh, Terminator 3 uh, of seeing where we are at in 2029 um, and what the world has become and our survival to, to, uh, defeat the machines. And, um, I would say that this movie also does just a really good job being, um, a very tight movie in the sense of it, it doesn't, it doesn't waste any time and it doesn't, uh, drag at any moments, uh, the only moment that might drag on is later on in the film when they're uh, kind of shacked up at the hotel room. But, um, you know, you basically have a bad guy sent back to the past and a good guy sent back to the past. And they both, uh, you know, come into conflict and we get introduced to Sarah Connor, who is a young waitress and just a normal person going about her daily life. And um, due to kind of the events of the future, Skynet and the Terminators don't exactly know what she looks like or, you know, her exact name. Cause you could have Connor with an E you can have Connor with an O and then you're also set in about Los Angeles and how many Sarah Connors could be possibly out there using what people probably don't, or at least young kids today don't even know really anything about in a phone book. Uh, you know, phone books are kind of dinosaurs uh, of time now and uh, so you have the murders of all these other Sarah Connors and Sarah, uh, our Sarah Connor, the, the main character played by the great Linda Hamilton, um, is, you know, trying to then make sense of things also while being told that she is going to be the basically the mother of of this, the savior of the human race in the future. And uh you know, you and I were talking kind of before the show uh, about I was thinking that this was kind of Arnold's uh, breakout role, but it, it really wasn't. He had Hercules in New York beforehand, and uh, I think the first two Conan movies are in there. But I think that this may may have been the actual movie that kind of solidified him as a, an action star. Um, this also probably was his first role as a villain and uh, pretty much just not even having many lines in this movie, but having such a commanding presence. What are your thoughts? I don't think Arnold has many big talking roles in most of his movies. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Predator he does. Uh, true. Uh, but I would say that his presence on screen is one of those that you, you can always kind of like date back to. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, he and I, I one of not so much on on Arnold, but 
one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when they're uh, they're interviewing uh, Kyle Reese. Like the police are interrogating him. Yeah. And he's, and the, the, it just that entire moment where they're trying to figure out if he's crazy, which of course they think that he's crazy, saying that he's from the future. But I think that that was, while it was not like action packed point in the movie, I think that that scene's one that kind of stands out to me from it. I agree. Uh, and that's, uh, and Kyle Reese is played by Michael Bean in this movie. And he is one of my favorite kind of, I guess he's more of a C-list actor now, but, uh, he was kind of a go-to for, for Cameron in, in Cameron's early career. I mean, he was in this and he's in aliens. Uh, and in fact, he's in the director's cut of Terminator two for a small cameo. And I think that that his role in this movie uh, is kind of underscored a lot and it kind of gets passed over like Kyle Reese plays importance to uh, the overall story, especially ending up being John's father um, because of these events and sending him back in the past. So not only and this will be kind of going into um, the overall discussion as well is how although it's time travel and they're sending things back to prevent this future, um, all they're really doing is setting these events actually in motion by the Terminator coming back and by the end, um, being destroyed, but having its neural net, uh, chip surviving its arm surviving, uh, and Kyle going back and, um, being in love with Sarah, basically being the reason why, uh, he decides to go back in the first place and, and then has uh, sex with her uh, and ends up basically fathering um, John Connor. They're really setting these events in motion. Um, and that kind of then becomes the whole thing of like, can you actually prevent that future? Now, the later movies, of course, explore that um, in greater detail, especially more so in, in Terminator 2 and I think in Terminator 3. Um and and Kyle really, I think, does get swept under the rug for this movie, or at least a lot in um, in a general audience, because ma- mainly the whole focus in this film is Arnold as the Terminator. Now, one thing that always kind of bugs me with this with this movie and Arnold is um, is w- after he kind of gets uh, set on fire a little bit, like near the beginning ish, and then his eyebrows are burned off. I, I it, it bothers me like the rest of the movie and I don't I don't know why it's just because like it looks so weird without seeing him with eyebrows um, but like even that this also was pioneering in special effects uh, although they don't quite hold up today uh, primarily talking about like you know when he's cutting out the eye and then you're seeing you know, the, the robotics underneath it, but it's then obviously kind of a, not a, not real face for Arnold. Um, it still was very groundbreaking in it's, in it's time. And it's got great action too. Um, I, I also love the scene when, um, he goes in and basically is, uh, Dick Miller is the, is the, uh, gun, uh, gun shop owner and he's going in and he's picking up all these guns. And then he asks for like a, a phase rifle and Dick Miller's just like, uh, what, <laughs> you know? I, I think that while 
while it may not like the special effects may not hold up to today's standards, but I think anything is better than like trying to redo it. You mean kind like, of like how Star Wars did? Yeah, like to go in and update with with uh, CGI. I, and you know, there's also something to be said about practical effects as well. Um, even though I haven't seen Genesis, I know that it's it's heavily CGI'd. Um, there's something about, and I've seen it from the trailer where. Uh, I believe it's the ex or endoskeleton uh, arm is kind of on display in the trailer uh, in Arnold's, you know, just Arnold for the rest of them. And it just it doesn't look as real, um, whereas, you know, you go with this and you're in 1984 and you're using practical effects and you're using makeup and. Uh, it it looks it does kind of look better although that kind of outer facade of the face looks bad um there's still a realness about it and and that's something to be said about modern cinema in general right now unless you have a budget like a, a disney movie um your cgi is not going to necessarily be as convincing i mean it can be but we've seen a lot of times and in fact the terminator movies have been uh, kind of subjected to this a little bit with, uh, I would say probably with Genesis and, and a little bit with dark fate. Um, they're uh, weakened by that aspect. Uh, see, I, I am going to have to rewatch the other ones before yeah. we, uh, before we get around to them. Um, I will say, that when I did watch Genesis, like some of the special effects here and there don't look quite as good as you would hope. Right. Um, but I, and also the, a lot of the writing has gotten lost in the time travel. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, I think the first two movies are definitely the most solid out of the entire franchise yeah i i would i would probably agree with that as well um now what's what's really great about this too is seeing that this movie was probably intentioned to be only a a single film like i don't think cameron went into making this and going yeah i'm going to make this into a multi-film franchise uh we're going to do you know all these spinoffs and and stuff and one thing at least I'm saving you from, but I would recommend to people who are fans of the Terminator series is uh, us not talking about the Sarah Connor Chronicles, because uh, that was a, actually a really fantastic show. And you're talking about, you know, again, we're talking about that CGI a little bit. Uh, they kind of refrain from that as much as possible, but still would have moments where they would show a full on Terminator and it wouldn't look bad. And, uh, I, I do I, or I will say that um, I, I think that basically or at least how I rectify kind of the later films or kind of these other films that are ignoring or addressing or not addressing sequels and stuff. Uh, I will say that probably Genesis is the divergent point that since I haven't seen it yet whatever happens in Genesis basically breaks the timeline so that then you can have these movies. Uh, or and the TV show exist in alternate branching timelines that if you're a fan of this one or you're not a fan of that one, you can accept or not accept uh, them as what actually happens on. So at least there's that ability to it. But um, I, 
I can't say much more. And this might be a little bit of a short episode because I think we're going to go more uh, long on when we're talking about Terminator 2 because there's a lot more to consume there. Um, this film is very first act, second act, third act. Uh, it's very basic. Like I said, it's tight. It doesn't take any time to try to waste time or try to build up on anything or explain too much. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even go into, you know, uh, anything like a paradox or explaining that you, cause in real tenets of, of thinking about time travel is that you really can't change the past because it's still going to become part of that future. Like, like saying before by the Terminator going back, it ensures basically Skynet being created by Kyle going back is making and kind of ensuring that John Connor is born and that that struggle is going to continue. Even though that kind of famous line of, uh, um, Oh gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. If I don't look at it right now, I had this right when I was talking about it on a, Oh, there is no fate, but what we make for ourselves. And that's the, that's the kind of big tenant of this franchise, or at least of the first two movies that they can change fate. But in reality of looking in kind of the rules and com- complexities of time travel, uh, you're only setting those things into motion. Yeah. You went on a uh, on a long rant there. I'm going to start <laughs> at the beginning. Um, I do think that he did plan on the first one being a one-off, yeah. um, especially judging by how big of a gap there was. It was a seven-year gap between right. one being released and the other. Um, I, as, as for Terminator 2, I don't think it was a cash grab like most sequels. Oh, no, um, not at all. At, at this point, I definitely think that they are... Uh, drawing it out more than than it needs to be, and I would uh, almost appreciate them uh, ending it at some point. I have not seen Dark Fate yet, obviously, right? Uh, but uh, I might have to reserve judgment for that statement until after I watch it. Well, I can I can uh, tell you uh, that, uh, and and this is kind of an unfortunate thing. It, it goes kind of on what I was talking about in uh, the mainline episode that we recorded. Um, that I don't want to see necessarily things fail. Now, granted, considering the type of world we live in, things are going to fail and things are going to succeed. I don't want I don't want people to cheer on something failing though. And so, Dark Fate, I was I wasn't really sold on the trailers. But I was like, you know, they're bringing Linda Hamilton back. Arnold's in it. Um, I'm I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go. So uh, I went out and I saw it. And um, overall, I I liked it. I did have a lot of issues uh, primarily with the beginning of the movie. Um, But the overall film was was actually fairly decent. But because of the kind of world we live in right now and we have directors uh, and writers and producers and people just kind of in this fight with fans. And and this isn't completely saying that all fans are right. I think that there's a huge uh, issue right now between the fandom and creators that uh, we need to strike a better balance than what we have. Cause I do, I do say that fans have a certain level of ownership, um, over 
those IPs, but and ultimately it's the creator's decisions. Now, I don't want the create that doesn't mean I want the creators to go and make decisions purely to upset fans or because of some type of ideology that they have. But this Dark Fate really suffered from that and it's lost money and they are actually now putting the franchise on ice. Uh, they had planned a, a basically another trilogy. Um, so probably another two movies to continue Dark Fate's storyline on. Um, but it sounds like because of that box office failure, uh, it's not going to happen, at least not right now. Um, so I, I, I definitely agree with, with your sentiment there that the first movie was probably meant to be a standalone. I think the sequel came about uh, because Cameron had an actual idea And then it was when other people decided to kind of take on the franchise and take it in their own directions that it kind of derailed and has now become, well, it's a it's a franchise. People are going to pay money to go see it. And therefore, it's an instant cash grab rather than putting the time and the effort into the story and and coming up with something that works. Yeah, it would actually be interesting to, like, see James Cameron like do another one, but I highly doubt that would ever happen at this point. No. Yeah. I think he's only going to produce, uh, if anything, I think he's going to, he, one, he's too focused on his like 20 avatar movies that he's, you know, worried about making that, uh, that movie is the first one's how old now it's, I mean, I was still in college. Yeah. I was going to say, I was still in college when that movie came out and we still haven't gotten, one of the like four other movies he has planned in that series. Um, but he has produced a lot of good movies as well. Alita, uh, battle angel is really good. And, um, he produced dark fate, but, um, I, it, it sounds like there was some, um, behind the scenes conflict with him and Tim Miller that, uh, really, um, kind of, I think hurt the project uh, as a whole, but getting back to, the mainline Terminator, um, it's just a very straightforward film. You have your inciting incident. You have uh, kind of the explanation and the middle uh, and, and kind of the struggle. And then you have the acceptance of, you know, fighting back and not allowing this thing to dictate or take her life. And uh, we also get the creation of probably one of the most iconic, strong female characters in cinematic history um, up there with, you know, um, Ellen Ripley from a- Alien and uh, a lot of it, just even characters from horror films that, that I know. Now, there's one thing um, I want to I want to pass this by you and, and see what your thoughts are, because I, I remember uh, as as some people on that listen to the podcast know I, I've listened to a horror movie podcast um they were one of the uh, podcasts that kind of made me want to start podcasting. And uh, Jay of the Dead over there kind of floated an idea that Terminator is actually a horror movie. And I, I and of course, his co-host didn't agree with him. A lot of people don't agree with him. I didn't agree with him. But this is the first time recently that I've rewatched Terminator. And as I watch it, I'm going, you know, he's kind of right. It is it is a uh, almost basically it's a slasher. You have an unstop uh, unstoppable force that is coming to get you, and anything that gets in its way is uh, is just going to get 
murdered. And I mean, you can almost compare him to a Jason Voorhees or a Mike Myers. It's, I, I just, I never really thought about it in that light before. And I have to say that Jay gets a lot, uh, gets a lot of crap for that, but I think he has a lot of validity in that sentiment. I, you know, I actually, I, I can see where he's coming from. I, especially if you think about how life would be for any other Sarah Connor after <laughs> three or what was it? Three or four of them murdered before. Uh, I think it was three. And then her roommate gets murdered. Uh, Cause he thinks um, when he goes to their apartment, uh, she's shacked up with her boyfriend while uh, Sarah's out um, walking the streets. And uh, he kills them while like right after they have sex. And, and again, it kind of, there's your, another tenant of a slasher. You, uh, you have sex, you die. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really an interesting perspective. I never kind of considered before. Yeah. Do you had every single other Sarah Connor from that point out, just like hiding in their house, thinking that something's going to come kill them? Well, that or they're just they're going to straight up just change their name. You know, like, why would you uh, you want to go around no, getting yourself known as Sarah Connor? Um, and, and I think also um, one of the best sequences of this movie, and I know this has kind of been scatterbrained. I didn't really have an idea of how I wanted to approach this, but uh, I, I love the police scene because no one, like you said, no one is believing Kyle. Uh, you have that Dr. Silberman who uh, goes on to be in the, in the sequel and on the actually T three as well. Um, who's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to make so much money off of this that, uh, this is, this is going to be great. I'm going to make my career off of this crazy guy. And then all of a sudden you have the Terminator coming in and just taking out the entire police station. All everyone, you basically have a mini army in this police station and not one of them can even remotely come close to stopping the Terminator. Unstoppable force. Yeah. Like he said, yeah. I mean, he, he I'd say, as far as as far as horror characters goes, he would probably be closest to like Jason. Yeah, I, I would agree because I mean Jason's basically unkillable as well. Hell, they brought him back as a zombie, you know. So very true. Um, I, I will say that also. I think that even though that this is kind of the the we wouldn't get Terminator two without this movie, I would say that this is probably on the weaker end a little bit. Um, at least compared to Terminator 2, because I think you get more um, nuance with with the Terminators. Uh, I think like what they do with Arnold and uh, in, in T2 kind of is a really cool concept and really cool idea. And um, and in fact, we'll, we'll talk about the fact that there's like, I think there's like three different cuts of that movie. Uh, and I don't know if you'll have access to the director's cut or not, but, um, I, at least I will talk about the differences between that and the mainline movie. Cause, uh, I think with all of the added, f- uh, footage that was cut out of it, it adds on about 20 minutes worth of movie onto the film and, uh, and things that I feel like shouldn't have been cut out as well. Um, but other than that, it's, it's just like this first one, you don't get a other than it's yes, it's an unstoppable force. It's a robot. It's not going to have any emotion. It's not going to have any care about who it takes out. Um, 
I, I just like what they explore more with um, the T-1000 and and, uh, and the T, uh, T-800 in Terminator 2 a little bit more. Um, so I, I don't have much more I, I want to talk about on this. Uh, I, I think that it's a really good, solid sci-fi uh, action film. Uh, it's got great action. It's got uh, great effects, even if they don't quite hold up today. Uh, I think it spawned one of the best um, strong female characters in cinematic history, uh, it's got a solid sequel, uh, and uh, regardless of what the kind of later movies go on to do, um, I we wouldn't get them without this movie. So I think if I land on a um, on a rating scale, it's going to go on about a four out of five out for me, maybe four point five. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more about the future. Uh, we get the kind of glimpse at the beginning. We get some flashes from Kyle. Um, but we don't quite see like we do later on in some of the other movies, kind of the Terminators in action. Now, granted, that's probably because of all the budget going into the final sequence where we do see the whole endoskeleton chasing them through the uh, factory and trying to kill them. So uh, that's where that's where I land on it. What, what about you? So I'm going to land on a four out of five. I think as far as time travel killer robots go, this is probably the most uh, solid starting film for anyone to uh, get into. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> you know, other, otherwise, you have to go with Doctor Who and Daleks. So, uh, you know, then, uh, or Cybermen, rather. That would be more applicable to Cybermen. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. I think it's a good starting point uh, if you're not really familiar with the franchise. Um and it's also at a point where it's not been overdone. Like it's, you know, where we basically have a dime a dozen uh, movies kind of following that same premise or following something with with robots. And, you know, it's it's also kind of funny to think about in a greater context to see where we've come with uh, technology nowadays that uh, there is kind of that fear that Skynet could really become a real thing. You know, uh, what was it? The, uh, first like kind of like AI robot not even, it's not real true AI, but that like first robot that they kind of created, like went on Twitter and like immediately became like racist or something. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a short jump to Skynet and Terminators trying to wipe out the entire human race. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he hasn't predicted the future. I would certainly hope not as well. <laughs> All right, so I don't have any final thoughts. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? That's all I got. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, of the first of, uh, I think it's a will be a six-part or maybe seven-part considering the final episode. Uh, series of our talk about the Terminator franchise. So uh, be sure to follow us on Podbean or Apple Podcasts. Um, follow our Twitter at Critics and T Cynics uh, or write into the podcast at CriticsNotCynics at gmail.com. And be sure to just uh, you know rate and review the podcast on whatever service you use. We'll see you again real soon. <laughs>